0: Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts Podcast, brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In this episode, we talk about what life is like with and without a content management system. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Patterson.
1: And I'm Sarah O'Keefe.
0: And today, we're going to dive into the world of content management and CMSs. So I think it would be great to start with a couple of definitions. Sarah, could you tell us what content management is and also what a content management system is?
1: Content management is, according to Wikipedia, because that's always the right place to go, is a set of processes and technologies that support Uh, management of information, basically, right? So collecting, publishing, managing, editing, delivering. Mm -hmm. A content management system or a CMS then is software that helps you do content management. Uh, So how do you create, how do you modify, how do you deliver digital content? Within the CMS world, we then distinguish, there's a whole, there are hundreds, if not thousands of CMSs with different kinds of sub- features or subspecialties, uh, learning content management systems for learning content. But in our world, there are are a couple of important ones. One is the distinction between a back-end content management system and a front-end CMS. A back-end CMS is where you park the content that you are creating, editing, uh, reviewing, and approving. And a front-end CMS is where you park the content that you're delivering. So a lot of today's websites, maybe most of today's websites, run on web content CMSs. So it's a delivery system of Mm -hmm. some sort that controls the display of what we're doing and what we're dealing with. Now, in addition to all of that, in our world of structured content, You also talk about a component content management system or a CCMS, and that is a specialized kind of back-end content management system that lets you manage typically XML, but structured hierarchical content. Uh, It typically does not have formatting associated with it. That's the job of the the front-end delivery system, whatever that may be. Uh, But a CCMS is there to help you manage modular, smart, intelligent XML content. If you're involved in any sort of content operation, if you work in content and you have any scale at all, then you know that managing the content that flows through your operation is just an enormous challenge. Uh, Keeping track of who's writing what and what's already been written and was this delivered and is it up to date and when is the next time that we have to update it and when does it expire? This, This thing should go away once a certain event happens or after a certain amount of time. So a CMS can help you keep track of your content and do a lot of the heavy lifting around um, that sort of governance, but also Mm -hmm. around authoring, delivery, management, you know, all the things.
0: Right. Because there's so much involved when we're talking about content management. Um, And so really what I want to talk about today are some of those different things that you are going to deal with when it comes to content management and what those might look like with a CMS or without a CMS. So I think a good place to start would be traceability. This is really important because, you know, especially if you're in a regulated industry, there's a lot of legal stuff associated with that. So we can start with a definition of traceability.
1: So traceability means that you can connect the change that you're making in your content with the reason that you're making that content change or possibly with the person that made the content change and the person that approved it Mm -hmm. so you want the ability and as you said especially in a regulated industry you want the ability to say hey somebody reported a mistake in our documents on this date and we we tracked that mistake and then we went over to our content management system or over to our content corpus and we made a change related to this defect that was reported, and then we published it on thus and such date. So traceability means that you're following that change from the request to the content change that was made, to the approval, to the publishing and delivery, and possibly expiring, you know, the incorrect version that was in there. Now, traceability without a content management system almost certainly means that some very depressed person has a spreadsheet, <laughs> right? A and big I'm, spreadsheet. A big spreadsheet. And, you know, I've I've said this before, but, you know, people say, well, what's the number one, you know, who has the number one market sharing content management systems, right? And the answer is Excel. You know, that is the number one way that people manage content. It happens to be a really painful way of doing it. But that that is, in fact, by far the most common way of doing this, right? So you create a terrible spreadsheet, you track the inbound uh, request, you track who you assigned it to, you track when they made the change, you track when they published the change, and somewhere there's somebody with a full-time job of just keeping track of that in the spreadsheet. If you have a content management system then, what you can do is you can embed the request for the update or the correction of the change into the content itself, or you could give the change request, which, you know, if this were software, we'd be talking about sort of bug tracking, you could re- insert that ID into the cms or into the content itself and then when you publish the change request id is carried along so when you look at something you say "How was this paragraph modified you can trace back to what happened Uh, why was that paragraph modified who modified it when did they modify it and also why so that's traceability and if you're doing you know video game documentation then traceability is probably not your top priority Right. But if you're in uh, medical devices or pharma or potentially machinery that people operate and you know can get hurt if they don't operate correctly, you do develop a pretty solid interest in traceability.
0: Right. And speaking from someone who has plenty of past experience with spreadsheets, it's really <laughs> easy to make mistakes when you've got a really long spreadsheet. Um, and so when we're talking about the medical industry, that can be very problematic when people's lives are at stake.
1: Right. And, and in addition to that, it's just mind numbing, right? Mm -hmm. Computers are really, really good at keeping track of stuff like this. And humans are really, really bad at it. So let the computer do it. I mean, I just don't have any interest in having to manage, you know, the monster spreadsheet of death. I don't want to.
0: Right. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. So let's talk some about collaboration? Because when you're working in any team, you're going to have to collaborate or if you want to be successful, you're going to have to collaborate. When you have a team with multiple writers, things can get confusing if you don't have the right processes in place. What might collaboration look like with and without that CMS? I think
1: probably all of us in 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 days past have worked in organizations where the collaboration process was literally that you would say, "Oh, I need to update this piece of content," and you would pop up from your cube and kind of yell at the people in the cubes around you and say, "Hey, is anybody working on X Y Z document?" And they would all say, "Nope, you're good. You can go work on it." Um, that works pretty okay in a group of, say, three to four people who are all in the same location working at the same time and don't have, you know, meetings where they might miss somebody, you know, popping up in the cube farm and and asking that question. We need something a little more sophisticated with than that to address, A, you have 20 writers and we can't have people popping up all the time, plus your 20 writers are not, in fact, in the same location all the time or ever, and you you know you need to just have a much more formal way of dealing with this Mm -hmm. so if we need to collaborate if you and i just the two of us are working on a single piece of content okay we can create a google doc and we can kind of work in there together and and that would work pretty well gets a little weird if you get up to five or 10 or 15 people all in the same big document. At that point, you start thinking about like, oh, hey, Elizabeth, why don't you take you know, section one and I'll take section two and then we'll put them together later, right? We sort of chunk it down. Or I'm working on a white paper and you're working on a white paper or we're working on two different articles. Okay, well now we have to think about, I wanna make sure that the changes that you make are reflected in my document. And by that, I mean, whatever word choices you make or terminology that you choose, we need to be consistent about that. You might have written a really great product description, which I wanna use in my document, and I don't wanna copy and paste because later you're gonna go back and change the product description and update it and correct it, and I just want that to cascade into my document. Right. So the collaboration becomes partly how do we author consistently? How do we establish a consistent voice and tone How do we make sure our terminology is aligned? And there's uh, not so much the content management system itself, but some of the things that you can layer on top of that. And then reuse, you know, I want to go and find that chunk of content that you wrote that I want to reuse. And that's much easier to do in a CMS versus saying, Hey, Elizabeth, where'd you put that product description or where's that logo we don't what we don't want is for people to write a bunch of content and stash it you know sort of like in their own private folders that nobody else has access to because right. then you can't you can't share um, so the cms does a cms you know they all of course are different but they're going to give you the ability to understand what content you have, where it's being reused, what was changed recently. Oh, I see that somebody touched the product description file. I should go look in there and see if that affects the content where I'm using the product description. And again, lots of people are doing this with spreadsheets
0: right? and it's terrible. So you just mentioned people storing that document in private locations, and that's how you end up with different versions of the same document, which leads us to our next topic for discussion, which is consistency. So what might that look like if you have a CMS and if you don't have a CMS? So
1: versioning is a key part of that, right? If I can just be consistent about using the same bio for a person, you know, every time I I publish a a blog post, let's say, from one of our coworkers, we want to make sure that the same bio appears at the bottom of that page. We don't want to copy and paste the bio in there a million times. What we want to do is just tell the CMS, stick the bio at the end of every single blog post written by Bill. Right. Okay. Okay. So and then that's updated, of course, in a central location. And if you update it, the older posts get the updated bio, that type of thing. So you have some pretty straightforward uh, version control over your content. Also, uh, I mentioned terminology. So, you know, using the same words to mean the same things across all your documents. Terminology management is theoretically possible without a CMS, but in practice, um, it's one of the things that people very often integrate into a CMS build. And then there are two other things um, which kind of have to do with formatting consistency. So um, if you think about just pushing content, you know, you want to publish a document or an article or a book or whatever, uh, you want to have some formatting consistency. You want all your notes to look the same. You want all your warnings to look the same. You want all of your little summary paragraphs at the beginning to look the same. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't, you make life much harder for the person who's reading the document, right? I mean, if I read a magazine article, I kind of slowly learn that you know the byline for that author is always at the end of the document. Right. Those kinds of things. With CMSs, now the ones that we work with, the component CMSs, pretty much strip off all the formatting and apply that upon delivery. So that gives you a really actually rigorous degree of consistency in terms of formatting. Mm-hmm. But even a an unstructured, more of a web CMS does have the ability to have template-based publishing. So you have a magazine article template, or you have a blog post template, or you have a knowledge-based article template. And that means that your document formatting, when you deliver it, is going to be consistent. If you live in the non-CMS world, in a file-based workflow, then you probably know that rebranding happens, right? Mm -hmm. So your company gets acquired by another one, or you just decide to change your logo, or you decide to change your company name. And you're looking at the set of a 1,000 or 10,000 or a 100,000 files in some word processing or, you know, page production software, and you have to rebrand them all. You have to go through there and replace all the logos and replace every mention of your product name or your company name with the new one. That is, it is crazy expensive. Um, And so we've had cases where actually moving into a a content management system with all the headaches and all the costs that that entails was justified because it was actually cheaper than going through and rebranding, you know, thousands of InDesign files one at a time.
0: I think this has been a very insightful discussion and I really want to close things out with something that everyone's going to ask. You can tell them about all of the great things about a CMS and why they should have one and how it's going to make their life easier, but they're going to want to know about cost. And a CMS does cost money. So why is the investment worth it?
1: Yeah, um, so I guess we should, this is probably a good point to mention that we at Scriptorium do not get paid by the CMS vendors, all appearances to the contrary. Um, And it's also probably worth noting that there are actually CMSs, I mean, there's a wide range of cost from zero to millions of dollars.
0: Right, depends on what you're looking for
1: depends on what you're looking for and there are open source cmss not so much ccmss not so much component content management systems but there are open source content management systems so that's at least theoretically free right mm-hmm. except of course it's never free right it it may be license free but there's going to be cost so is the inv- you know why is the investment worth it or is the investment worth it You have to decide by looking at your particular organization whether you need what a CMS will give you. You will get improvements in consistency and automation for formatting and traceability. You can get improvements in translation because you have more consistent content and better workflows so you can look at those issues but you have to basically look at those issues and those costs and then decide is the investment in a cms and of course all the pain of getting there worthwhile to get those improvements among our customers the most common justification that we hear for moving into a content management system for the first time there are basically two one is mergers Uh, And I would sort of put rebranding as a, as a sub issue underneath that. Mm -hmm. But with a merger, what typically happens is that you have two or three or five groups that each have their own content workflow. They, they, they were all doing things different ways because they were two or three or five different companies. And what you can do is you can consolidate. Now you could of course consolidate onto a single file-based workflow, but usually when you merge, you end up with a much bigger group, right? If you had five groups of three people and now you have one group of 15, if you have 15 writers, you can probably justify a CMS on you know, efficiency alone. right? So mergers is a big one uh, to allow you to consolidate, uh, consolidate your tool set, not have five different tool sets that you have to support. And then the other one is localization and translation. As your organization gets bigger, and has to go global, right? You have to start, first it's like, oh, we're going to have to do Spanish and oh, we're going to have to do Canadian French and oh, we're going to Europe, but we're only going to do like four languages in Europe. We'll do FIGs, French, Italian, German, Spanish. And then, oh, whoops, we're shipping into Russia and Turkey and oh, wait, we're going to East Asia. And next thing you know, you have 20 languages. Mm -hmm. The inefficiencies in a file-based workflow on two or three or... Five or six languages get multiplied, right? Every time you add a language, you add inefficiency or you, you duplicate or replicate that inefficiency. So right. when you have 20 languages, it gets really, really painful. So localization, which means streamline the content development so that the translation workflow goes better, is the other big justification that we see for moving into a content management
0: system. Well, thank you, Sarah. That was a lot of valuable information. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links.